Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Canada at Redeemer Fellowship. Let's do this. <sighs> I'm so, dude. I'm so I know, I know. That's why we need to, let's record and then let's let's head out and relax. You need to relax. I'm, I, got, I, got, I got more stuff to do, though. I, what, what do you have to do? Never mind. I don't want you yeah, to do it now. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I'm tired, but I'm, I'm thirsty. Oh, yeah. You know what, Jen, I, I was actually going to look this. Jen, I, was gonna, I was waiting. Jen didn't oh, bring on. me anything. She came She came late to church, right? To second service. I'm here for first, of course. And so, of course. Yeah, because, you know, I'm on time or early all the time. And I have to preach, so I have to be here. But uh, so I got here, and she shows up, and she didn't bring me a Diet Coke. I figured, like, she would bring me a Diet Coke. I would. For sure. But she, but she, well, I didn't ask her. She should know. And then I had to stay back after church because I had to teach another class. Oh, that's right. You had that today. Yeah. So then, so I, I stayed back and I, I, we got all of our worship band, musicians, AV, everybody together. And we're doing a new fellowship with them and I'm teaching on some stuff. So, and then, but she was bringing Killian to drop off to yeah. play with Tizetso yep. while we were all having that meeting. Mm-hmm. Guess what she brought me? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. <laughs> so I'm thirsty. Uh, you know where I went for uh, lunch with the family? Buttermilk. Nope. Barrel and Rye. Yep. Did you really take your kids to butter, Barrel and Rye? Oh, they love it. My kids love Barrel and Rye. It's so good. They got what like evs? what? They got like the. It's not a secret kids menu, but they don't have it out. You know. Well, so I they, think that qualifies as secret. Well, no, but secret to me is like you have to know the password to figure it out. Well, obviously you do because I've never seen it. Well, no, I just said, hey, what's for kids? And, and they tell you that, that's the password. That's the Congra- password. Congratulations! You cracked the code. <laughs> I cracked the code at Barrel and Rye. No, it was it's, really good. My kids love it there. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. What do they drink? Uh, for them, they have water. Oh. They drink water. Why water? Why don't you give them like a pop or something, man? No, no. They like apple juice. They don't like soda. Oh, my God. I don't oh, know apple why. juice is worse for you than soda. I don't know. They like apple juice, and they mix it with water, half and half. I don't know why. Uh, I can tell you why. Michelle. <laughs> Let know your why. kids be kids and have some soda. <laughs> Let your kids have a Coke, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew. They don't want it. They don't want it. Yeah. Nope. Those kids are going to be messed up. <laughs> they already are. Obviously. Obviously. They want soda. So, um, it's so, I had, so I had a great afternoon. Mm. Yeah. Well, I had a great afternoon, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just tired. You know what I'm really excited for? What's that? Canast after this. Yeah. It's been a while since we played. You've been standing me up. Uh, dude, I've been busy. I know, but you've been standing me up. I'm not standing you up. You you go too late. No, you but you, go no, too you, late. Not, you don't go when we're supposed to go. No, there's no supposed we to. We had a whole thing. No, we didn't. Uh, you, listen, no. you want me to get on this? Hey, listen, we had a conversation on Friday about it. Yeah. I said I was going to go at some point. No, no, no. But we said, okay, afternoon. You said maybe the afternoon. And I was like, we'll see. I don't know. No, I wanted the morning. That was it. I wanted the morning. I said, let's do it in the morning after leadership, or not leader, CG Leaders Fellowship. <clears throat> I remember that. We did hang out after CG Leaders Fellowship. No, we did not. Oh, we didn't. That's right. That's when we were yeah, supposed that's to. That's right. That's right. That's when we were supposed to. Because I, nobody was, cares. Because nobody I had Ariana's cares. birthday party. So you finally admit that you were wrong. No, Thank I wasn't you. wrong. No, no. You I was just wrong, wrong about that Good. part no, in the no, timeline. No, no. Good job. All right, listen. I win. Let's, let's talk about, uh, I mentioned something a few sermons ago here yep. at Redeemer that we thought it would be good for us to kind of go into on the podcast. And um, that is, uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness... Um, Jesus says that they will be satisfied, mm-hmm. right? That there is a spiritual hunger that is true of the awakened soul, yeah. right? Um, and that that person is satisfied by Jesus Christ. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about what that is um, and 
and, and how and how Jesus satisfies those hungry and thirsty souls. Yeah, yeah. What are they thirsting for? Um, and maybe one of the ways that we could maybe wait, maybe we can get into it by by suggesting that um, when I think when Jesus says, "Blessed are those who hunger." Um, for righteousness, for they yeah. should be satisfied. I think he's talking about an awakened soul, a person that's been, you know, born again, mm. and now those they had they they are pro- they properly understand their needs and their thirst. They can trace it to the source, right? And then yeah, can go yeah. to Jesus for the satisfaction. We can talk about those, but I also think that there's a sense in which um, the whole world is spiritually dehydrated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're dead ultimately. Yeah. But to use a different analogy that, um, you know, we lack what we need. Yeah. And we we may have a symptom uh, of thirst, but we don't know why we're thirsty, right? So it's like, um, it's not like we're thirsting for righteousness. Yeah. We are thirsty. We're just thirsty. And, and we don't we, know. We grab thir- onto something, anything. Right. To right. try to quench that thirst. Yeah. So it's like a, maybe we're, we're, we, we think like, well, I'm, I'm really thirsty for intimacy mm-hmm. uh, with a woman. And so instead of getting married and yeah. being faithful, uh, we play the field or whatever it is. Or pornography. Yeah. Or pornography. That's a better example because most everybody does that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there, I think we've got the, the trick here is to figure out. That, you know, if thirst is a symptom, mm-hmm. what is it a symptom of? Yeah. Like, what is the ultimate cause of that thirst? So when Jesus says there are people who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they are the ones that are going to be satisfied, and I think it's because they've properly diagnosed um, what, what that need is. What that need is, and that's because they've been awakened by the grace of God. And so in that sermon, I pointed to a couple of things um, that we thought would be good just to to in- encourage uh, the listeners in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is the awakened soul thirsty for and how does Jesus meet that need? Fair yeah. enough? I think that's really fair. Before we get there, Joe, why don't we talk about some of the things that we we try to fill that that thirst or we try to quench that thirst with? You want to start there? Sure, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I'll go ahead. I mean, I think uh, we already gave one example when it comes to like intimacy, mm-hmm. things like that, pornography. Um I think that we we and I'm going to broaden that that term. I'm going to say uh, we try to fill it with relationships. Mm. So uh, whether it is an intimate relationship or uh, like a friendly relationship, like you know, we we try to pack ourselves with friends uh, so that we don't feel alone. Yeah. So we don't uh, feel you know uh, isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's one aspect uh, or one attempt I would say to uh, to fill that need of, of intimacy. I think you're right. In fact, I think what you're talking about right now um, actually is reflected in one of the points that we're going to make. So why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about each one of these four things? And as we go through them, we'll say, how do we, how do people try to meet that? Okay. I'm getting the love. No, gosh, you, you had such a, you just had a better idea than I did. So let's just continue. I just realized how, like, as, as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, that makes so much more sense. No, that, we're, just, like I said, we're just looking. We're just, just looking at a little piece of paper here. So, oh, this is why you're lead pastor. This is why you're Joe freaking. I don't know Thor. if it's a better idea. Just, it's just an idea. It's a better All idea. Right, so, why don't you? Since you're already talking a lot, why don't you go ahead and keep talking? Why don't you take uh, the the first thing? Like, so uh, yeah. when an awakened soul is thirsty, um, what are they thirsty for, and how does Jesus satisfy? Yeah, I think they're they're thirsty uh, for 
uh, for forgiveness, for pardon. Mm-hmm. There's this desire to be pardoned uh, for their sins, and and I think that's that's ultimately our our truest and deepest need. Right. Right. Like right. there's a lot of physical needs out there, and they're really they're justifiable or they're they're they're, they're real. They're real needs, yeah. right? People are are looking to, to hair put, plugs. <laughs> What? Come on, that's a thing. That's a thing. That's for you. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. I don't have that. No, I know. But people want to be fed. People want right. to have clothes on their back. People want mm-hmm. to have a roof over the head. There yep. are people that are looking for, for better job opportunities mm-hmm. uh, and, and security. And these are all real needs, not like yeah. hair plugs. Hair Joe. plugs are real. It's a real the need. Plug it's is not imaginary. Real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're it's gonna not pretend. You're really gonna think it's like a true need that someone has. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everybody has. Have you been need. thinking? Of, is no. It, oh, is this your segue? No. No. Never. Never. Why? No. If it's a true good need, not for me. Why? Why? No, for men who aren't confident in themselves. <laughs> they have this need for their plugs. All right. So, so yeah, I think they're looking for that. That's a true need to be pardoned. All right. So th- you're you're saying they're thirsty, right? They're yeah. thirsty for pardon. So so what? What's going on in them? I mean, like, what, what, what is that thirst for pardon all about? I think it's a, it's their uh, understanding of their guilt before God, mm. right? I think it's their their understanding uh, that they have not, uh, well, they cannot, they cannot fulfill the law's demands, right? Uh, that they are justly and rightly condemned, um, and that that they are guilty, they stand guilty before God, yeah. And so they go to Jesus. That's right. And they find the pardon. Um, where do you, what what comes to your mind, scripture wise? Uh, Ephesians one seven. Uh, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's what you know. The redemption equaling forgiveness for Paul there. Yeah. Um, is is great. And I I agree with you. Um, I know we say that a lot here that our truest, deepest need is to be forgiven of our sins. Yeah. That is, you know, <laughs> at the core of everything because it ties into so many other things. So, the, but the, the question though, let's go beyond this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think we understand it on a justification level. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, do we continually, do we, do you, do we thirst for this, like for that pardoning? Uh, and even yeah. though we are, we're, we're justified before God, one of the things you had said, Joe, uh, you've said in the past about a, uh, how did you word it? A happy Christian is a repenting Christian. Mo money, mo problems. Mo money, mo problems. That, that, that might have been what you yeah, said, but I'm pretty sure it was along the lines of a happy Christian is a repenting Christian or a repenting Christian is a happy, probably the happy Christian. Yeah, I don't remember Christian. saying that, but, okay. but you said it though. And so I think that that's true is that even though we have been uh, forgiven, uh, mm-hmm there's still this communion that we have with God right. and, and this ongoing relationship with God. And so we continually repent. Yeah, and you have to go, like you have to go continually to Christ for the quenching of that thirst. Yes. Because the, the, the need for pardon doesn't go away. Like, okay, I've been justified. All of my sins yeah. have been forgiven. Yes, that's true. But the reality of your sin is still there. There is the principle of sin is still present yeah. in your life. And so you have this felt need for pardon. And if you're not going to Jesus for that pardon, if you're not confessing your sin and being cleansed of all unrighteousness out of 1 John yeah. 1, 8 and 9, um, then uh, what are you going to do? Like that, that thirst for pardon or for forgiveness, uh, we're either going to allow it to be quenched in Christ or we are going to follow other people's example. And yeah. what, do we, what do you do with your guilt? We're going to satisfy our thirst with something. Right, and so uh, we're either going to go to Christ or we're going to go 
um, somewhere else. And so yeah. what does a guilty soul do? Well, maybe we try to hide the sin or maybe we just try to clean up our lives and live a perfect life and we get really good. We become very adept at presenting ourselves yeah. to look very clean. And then that becomes our hope and our confidence. So I think we got to be careful with our sense of guilt and our thirst for pardon to make sure that we're going to Jesus for it. Absolutely. What would the second thing be? Well, I think, uh, you know, if pardon is something that we're thirsty for and that Jesus satisfies, the second thing is purity. And by purity, I mean righteousness, right? So we need our sins to be forgiven, right? Because of our debts, our debt. But then we also need to measure up to the standard of God, which is righteousness. So the need for forgiveness means there is a lack of righteousness. And uh, that thirst that we have is a recognition that it's not just the world that's broken and immoral and ungodly. I am broken Mm -hmm. and immoral and ungodly. And so I need to be made righteous. And the only way that I can be made righteous is for Jesus himself to make me righteous. It's for God to take the initiative and to make something into what I am not, make me into what I am not. So, I mean, what we're talking about here is imputed righteousness. And this is the second half of justification. If justification is the forgiveness of sins on the one hand, it is on the other hand the imputation of Christ's righteousness. So in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, you can uh, hear Paul talk about this concept of imputed righteousness. He says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So just hang on to that, right? Mm -hmm. He says the righteousness of God— Um, which we a lot of people will think about, okay, his standard, his demand, um, what he expects of us. It has been manifested outside of the law, even though the law and the prophets bear witness to it. So we're not talking about law. We're not talking about law-keeping, even though the Scripture bears witness to this thing. Then he says in verse 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Yeah. So the righteousness of God is a gift that is given to us upon faith. It is it is an imputation of Christ's righteousness to us so that we are declared to be what we are not. So we're forgiven on the one hand, and then we are made righteous. We finally do measure up. And you know this is something that you can't do yourself. You can't keep the law uh, to free yourself from your bondage to unrighteousness. Yeah. You must be uh, granted that freedom and imputed with that righteousness uh, for this to be your reality. So I, th- I think we say the thirsty, awakened soul is thirsty for pardon and thirsty for purity, mm-hmm. forgiveness and righteousness, and we find both of those only in Jesus. Uh, I mean, I think third, the the awakened soul is thirsty for uh, for well for peace, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. reconciliation back to God. I mean, Scripture talks about that, that we were uh, once far off, that we were right. enemies Alienated, of God, yeah. right? And so, I mean, when when it comes to, once you're in pardon and, and you receive that righteousness the, mm-hmm. imputed upon you, I mean, that's the basis for our peace with God, Yeah. right? And so I think, can't I mean, have you can't have peace without that. No, otherwise you just have this broken relationship, yeah. right? You have this broken relationship with God, and and you you uh, and I think for the for individuals, I think they they start to understand that you know as as the spirits working on yeah. them, they realize something's not right here. Yeah, I mean uh, something something is not, and and I can't make it right. Some people try to do that though, right? Mm-hmm. Some people try to, as you were talking about that, that almost like this moralism, yeah. um, these externals. Um, trying to to live a a right way that would be pleasing to God. I mean, right. as as a Catholic growing up, that's mm-hmm. kind of the sense I had. It's a bad Catholic. 
Huh? You were that, a bad Catholic. I was a horrible Catholic. Yeah. So, but I want to clarify. Well, I'm just saying the sense that I had was to please God, to be at peace with God. You know, I would have to to live a certain way, pray a certain way, and make sure I confessed my sins. Uh, and as long as I went to confession or went to mass, I went to confession, and the priest would tell me how many hail marys to do. Then I had peace with God. Right. right? All uh, based on on what you do. All based on what what I would do. But I mean, we we see almost we see the same that we see with the other ones. These that are peace with God is only found mm-hmm. in Christ. I mean, Romans five one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I mean, once we've been pardoned, we receive that purity. Uh, we now have peace with our God. And I like the idea that um, again, God establishes the peace. And yeah. like you were saying how, you know, we have this tendency, this religious tendency to try and establish peace based on our own performance. And I think the reason we do that in part is because that's how it works in most other situations. Yeah. If you mess up or if I mess up uh, in our relationship with our wives. Yeah. Right. Um, or when you mess up. Yeah. yeah so what, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to take the initiative and pursue her and say, I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I love you. And I'm going to make it up to you. Um, you know what I mean? And so when when you are at odds with somebody, you want to do, and you love that person, you're going to do whatever it takes to make it right. Correct. We can't fix the relationship with God. That's it. Our crimes are too severe. There is no way to to uh, make things right. We, we can't uh, atone for sins. And so only God can make this peace. So I, I like the idea that you're saying there is this religious tendency in us that makes us think like, well, either... God is gonna. God has to be okay with mm-hmm. my efforts. It's almost yeah. like it's like I'm trying here. God, come on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like God will give you. Yeah, give me that pass. Yeah, I see your heart. I see. I see your heart. Yeah, yeah. it's the heart that counts, kind yeah. of a thing. But except the problem is, He does see your heart, and your heart's not good. No, so. it's dirty. It's disgusting. <laughs> right? That's just. But yeah, I mean, he he is our peace. And so I I think the you know again. We're thirsty for pardon, and only yeah. the awakened soul really senses that need for forgiveness, and we have it in Jesus. There's the thirst for purity or for righteousness. We have that in Christ. The, the thirst and hunger for peace, and we have that in Christ. And then finally, the thirst and the hunger for purpose, right? That, um, And I, I think we all know on a, on a general level that everybody wants to know or have what their purpose is or they want to have a purpose, right? Yeah. Be, like, why am I here? I'm trying what's to the fi- point of it all? I'm trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what's my calling? Christians talk about what's my calling. Yeah. But everybody, everybody wants to know what they're here for. In fact, one of my favorite movies is Unbreakable by M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. And uh, it's, it's an underrated movie. Some people don't like it because they don't know it's good. It's and really good. It's a re- yeah. it's a brilliant movie super long one take shots it's a dramatic film and before superhero movies are what they are today this is the first and best legit superhero superhero movie ever made anyway um but at one point in in the film um one character i don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it one character says it's been 10 years one character says to another character um you know what the scariest thing in this world is to not know your place to not know why you're here. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, that that's good. To, yep. Mr. Glass, <laughs> I spoiled it. So, um, yeah, I think everybody wants to have their purpose, and some people they they, they try to make it up or they try to determine it on their yeah. own. And there's some sense in try which to force it, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's like I get it. Like you're, you may have your purpose may be 
to be a mail carrier, right, for the next 30 years. And that's great. That's yeah. great. You have that purpose. That's not my purpose. All oh, that's fine. That's good. But there is an overarching true purpose that is objective for everyone. And that is really what we're hungry for. Mm. That's what we need. And we don't find that until we find Christ. Um, so that purpose, we're hungry, we're thirsty for this divine purpose, and we have it in Jesus. And so, um, you know, you, you, you find it reflected faintly in statements like in Romans 12, too, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind. So you know, like, there's this, there's this agenda, this purpose that yeah, God there's has some, Yeah, there's something different about us. Or, um, but I, just to, to cut right to it, um, you know, our purpose is probably most clearly seen in 1 Corinthians 10.31, uh, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all for the glory mm. of God. It's man's chief end, right? The, oh, the yeah, Westminster. Westminster, yeah. Yeah, right? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is our purpose. Or you can piper it, you know. No, I don't like the piper. No, no, version. no. You piper can, messes you can it piper up. It. No, piper, no. you Okay, know. go ahead. Okay, so the Westminster divines were much smarter, mm -hmm. said um, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. What does piper do? Uh, chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. <laughs> Yeah, Christian hedonism. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Come on! I mean, I like me, I like me some Christian hedonism by Piper, but that, that, don't, don't, don't monkey around with that stuff. Come on, man. not with the Westminster. All right, no, leave, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Unless you just photocopy it and write sixteen eighty nine at the top. That's okay. That's but, okay. Uh, yeah, you can make some of those changes, but not not anybody else. Only us. Only we're allowed to make the changes. Only we're allowed to. Yeah. So, Joe, as we talk about the awakened soul, uh, the awakened soul, you know, thirst for pardon, purity, peace, purpose, and all these things are are found. Uh, in Christ, I mean, we have to ask ourselves then, so what? You know, how, do, how does this then impact how we live our lives day to day? How does this then impact uh, our relationship, you know, with God and with others? Well, on one level, I don't think that you're going to look at a truth like this and say, like, oh, okay, now uh, when I, the eight hours that I spend at work every day are going to be radically transformed because yeah. of these principles. But we can be radically transformed that's right. because of this truth. And that's what I'm concerned with. And so what I think is important is that we all come to understand what our truest and real needs are. You talked about that earlier. That our real needs, our, mo our deepest needs, our eternal needs, yeah. these are the ones that can be satisfied in Jesus. The temporal needs are going to come and go. And some of those temporal needs can even take our lives. But <clears throat> they'll never take our, our freedom! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> could, um, they 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 could take they could take our lives. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh wow! And I love how we just knew as soon as you said they may take our lives. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh and now imagine playing canasta with us. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you see how annoying we are. Oh, we we reined in for the podcast. <laughs> but the eternal needs, like that's what I'm talking yes. about. So I think a fundamental value here is that Christians would understand what your real needs are because that means that you can have a better perspe perspective on your temporal needs and maintain satisfaction in Christ. That, that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, and I, I would say that um, ultimately that yeah. Thirst and satisfaction yeah. will always involve repentance and faith. That's just... I, that's good. That, it, repentance and faith, repentance and faith. And that's where you find joy. There, there, there is no joy apart from repentance and faith. Because think about that. Yeah. Right? Or faith and repentance. Um, you, are, you feel the weight of your sin. You turn from your sin. You trust in Christ who has 
taken away your sin and forgiven your sin and given you every spiritual blessing, you will smile. Yep. You will sing. Yeah. You know, that's why I always say uh, a repenting Christian <laughs> is a happy Christian. <laughs> you See, said, I, I, you said I, I said that. I don't remember saying it. No, you, said, you said, I said it. Okay. I wrote it down. Everybody else wrote it I down. I probably stole it from somebody it. else. I probably, probably downloaded <laughs> probably it off play, the inter, uh, intertubes. I, I'm pretty sure you took it from Jared Wilson. <laughs> yeah, probably. I take all <laughs> that, this that stuff. That sounds like a Jared Wilsonism. So let's, um, let, let's just encourage people in this, right? Yeah. Um, you should be thirsty. Like you should be hungry, but you should also be constantly satisfied yeah. on the nourishment that is Jesus Christ. Yep. Right? This is why he uses the, the, the metaphor, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood for believe in him. Because we are supposed to be nourished on him. We are supposed to have derive life from him. Yeah. It's not, it's not a vampiric statement. It's not a, you know, he's not even talking about the Lord's Supper there. He's talking about faith. Yeah. So um, we, we need to hunger and thirst for pardon, purity, peace, and purpose, and then find that satisfaction in Jesus. That will begin to really orient our lives, our spiritual lives, our, our true lives, in a way that's different than most other, I don't know, I think books and churches might want to steer them. Mm. Um, this, is, this is a deeper kind yeah. of satisfaction that, um, that no church, no ministry, no author can meet. No, no Snickers. No Snickers. Can't, it ain't going to happen. Not even Barrel and Rye. No not even a couple old-fashioned from Barrel and Rye. But they get close. They, well, closer than anybody else. Closer than anybody else. Still a million miles away. Yeah. But closer than everybody else. Closer than everybody else. Jimmy, if people want to talk about how Jesus is the mm-hmm. satisfaction of the hungry soul, how do they do that? How do they engage in this online? Well, I mean, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrRoche.com. There you can contact us. You can hit up the store and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content sporadically. I forgot to, I forgot to record. No, you didn't. I know I did. Later. <laughs>